I'm Bill Hemmer. I'm Janice Dean. I'm Juan Williams, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Thursday, September 24th, 2020. I'm Trey Yinks. Italian officials are working around the clock to avoid a larger second wave of COVID-19. You know, Italians love their liberty, but they also take their responsibility to heart. So um, there has been this sort of feeling that, you know, looking around at their neighbors that and, and concern because there's been promised that there'll be no major lockdown, but they said we will immediately do many lockdowns and restrictions as needed. This is the Fox News Rundown, global pandemic. With around 1,500 cases each day, Italy's battle against coronavirus is far from over. But unlike many other European countries, Italy appears to be holding steady. Over the next few minutes, you'll get the latest headlines on the global COVID-19 outbreak and hear from Fox News Radio international correspondent Courtney Walsh, starting first in Israel that will enter a stricter lockdown tomorrow at 2 p.m. local time. With more than 17,000 cases in the past 72 hours, the country is deteriorating quickly. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu is also pushing for restrictions on protests and prayers ahead of the Yom Kippur Memorial Day. Now to France, that has seen more than 480,000 total cases of COVID-19. The French positivity rate for testing passed 6% this week, as officials warn of hospitals being stressed. New restrictions are in place for most French bars and restaurants in large cities that won't be able to stay open past 10 p.m. Finally, in Italy, where targeted closures are under consideration. After being one of the world's hot spots, Italy got the COVID-19 outbreak under control. The country has seen more than 300,000 total cases and more than 35,000 deaths. So how are Italian officials working to avoid a massive second wave? You know, at the moment, the COVID crisis looks fairly under control here in Italy. So after the summer holidays, there was an increase. This is Fox News Radio international correspondent Courtney Walsh. She joins us today from Rome. The numbers had gotten to the lows of just a few dozen cases a day, and now it's up to around 1,500 a day. But thankfully, the uh, fatalities are way, way down, averaging around 15 a day. But, you know, the Italians are here asking themselves, is this really due to, like, the testing and the contract tracing, along with all the masks and the distancing, or is really Italy just a bit behind the curve compared to, like, other European countries? Uh, Trey, you might remember that Italy had the longest lockdown. It was, like, almost two months. And, you know, it was very stringent. Like, we, I recall personally, we had helicopters flying over our, our house. And they're controlling the streets and people on terraces. And the, the reopening has been really very gradual. In fact, the schools are just starting now, uh, while the schools in France opened in May and in early September in Spain. Just, just last Friday, the government here in Italy allowed up to 1,000 spectators for a sports event, only if they were seated apart. And France, meanwhile, like almost 12,000 went to see the French uh, tennis open uh, on a daily basis. So compared to our neighbors, the numbers look fairly good so far. Uh, in fact, Italy over the past two weeks had less than 35 cases per 100,000, and that compares to 315 in Spain and 200 in France and 77 in the UK. So more than, uh, you know, less than half what's going on in the UK. And the deaths are also way, way down, a third compared to France, uh, a tenth of Spain, and uh, sort of on par with Germany, which has always been sort of the, the first in this class for a sound pandemic strategy. Uh, the, t- the treatment, medical treatment, yeah. improved greatly. Uh, one doctor I spoke to in C- Cremona said that in the early days, the patients were told to stay home until they had trouble breathing and then seek help, but it was too late. Now the 
you know, the contract, uh, the tracing contacts start immediately. So, um, as I mentioned, the deaths were way down. I don't know if, Trey, if you heard about our um, former prime minister, Silvia Berlusconi. The 83-year-old media mogul was, um, who's, you know, known for jet-setting and infamous for his young girlfriends, was actually hospitalized with COVID-19 and likely infected during his visit in a nightclub owner, uh, in a nightclub in Sardinia, which is an island uh, where a lot of partying goes on in the summer. And he was released for the hospital. He said it was like the yeah. hardest struggle of his life. And uh, his doctor said that the wow. viral load was so high that had this happened in March or April, he would have definitely died. Wow. So, it, I mean, it does indicate, I guess, that doctors, especially in Italy, are learning something as this pandemic moves forward. But you also bring up an interesting point that despite even at the peak of this pandemic and when people knew how dangerous the virus was, there's always going to be people out partying and, and defying the rules. Do you think that Italy is looking at countries like the UK that this week is discussing a second lockdown and countries like Spain and France and saying we need to go about this very cautiously because we saw schools reopening in other parts of Europe and it wasn't just the school reopenings but it was one piece of a larger puzzle that has created a massive second wave in many countries. Uh, I think you're totally spot on there, Trey. I mean, in Italy, they have, um, you know, there's been a lot of talk. Uh, Boris Johnson made these comments yesterday about how um, when he was asked why is Italy doing better with the numbers, he said, well, you know, the Brits love their liberty. And he's been really sort of lambasted at the press here, as you can imagine. In fact, the Italian president just came out, Sergio Mattarella, saying, you know, Italians love their liberty, but they also take their responsibility to heart. So um, there has been this sort of, feeling that, you know, looking around at their neighbors that and, and concern because Italy has been extremely slow in reopening. And, for example, the government has extended its emergency powers until October. And there's been promised that there'll be no major lockdown. But they said we will immediately do many lockdowns and restrictions as needed. And uh, they've implemented, for example, mandatory testing from anybody returning from places like Croatia, Spain, Malta, and now even France. And, uh, they are, they've closed down nightclubs after a surge in uh, cases this summer. And now just today, there's been uh, in Genoa, which is in the Liguria region up north and in the south in Calabria, they have had new rules saying that face masks must be used um, even outdoors. So this is, things are, people are concerned and there's, you know, definitely concerned about schools. You know, so Trey, all the teachers here, before they started, uh, schools were opened, had to be tested. And there's been the soft reopening. Uh, for example, in my daughter's school, half of the class falls online and the other half is in there in person. And, you know, the temperature is taken. Surgery masks are distributed and must be changed every day. Uh, one class in a neighboring school has um, th their classes are actually in the hallway because there's not enough rooms. For, you know, in, in Italy now, hugs are completely frowned upon. Even you know, and this is hard. I was talking with my daughter about this. You know, how do you manage? Because. It's so common in Italy. You hug someone, you give them a kiss on each cheek. And, uh, you know, even elbow bumping is now discouraged in favor, like a, over, uh, in favor of a hand over the heart salute. So, um, you know, there are, it's, it's just starting again because schools are just opening. But for example, a neighboring school here in Rome, uh, four kids got, uh, were tested with COVID. The classes had to be sent home. And so, um, there's a lot of concern about that. But, I think the government here has made like being healthy and COVID free, like a kind of a source of national pride, if you will. 
You've been listening to Fox News Radio International Correspondent Courtney Walsh. We'll be right back. What is the government doing in terms of their new policies updating based on the current situation? And are they trying to work and make this part of a phenomena where people will actually culturally shift to adjust to the new regulations? I, I thought you had an interesting example there of greeting people, putting your hand over your heart. And it seems like things like that could actually catch on much more quickly if governments put forth initiatives that would encourage this type of behavior. Yeah, no, I agree. And the government is trying, although it's, it's very, it's not very uh, easy to implement, especially as you can imagine among young people. But as I mentioned, the, there's this effort to sort of making uh, the country COVID-free a kind of national pride. And so, for example, like uh, all over, there is these posters all over the country of a woman wearing a mask with the colors of the Italian flag saying COVID is a weak enemy if we fight it with family doctors and citizens working together. So this this whole idea is that if you're not feeling well, if you if you need a test, you just call your your family doctor and every legal resident here is assigned a family doctor as soon as they join the universal health system. And you can get a, a test which is rapid and it's free. And this whole system of the universal health care, I think, has really you know, been a sort of source of pride for Italy for the past uh, one reason why. They say that the COVID spread so quickly in northern uh, Europe, in northern um, Italy, excuse me, was that the hospitals there had been sort of cut back the funding. They're, they had very old ventilation systems, so they think that the airborne virus spread that way more quickly. And now the health minister, this Roberto Speranza, has become sort of a hero here. Is like, we are spending so much money, we're getting our systems updated. And there's a lot of emphasis now in, on, in Italy about how you know, go to your family doctor. For example, Italians can get uh, annual free uh, blood work done uh, twice a year, actually. And each level, like I just went recently, and they scrutinize each level, and they, they recommend supplements or exercise or something to boost your immune system. Uh, but the family doctor I spoke to said she was actually frightened and worried about what's coming ahead because, you know, the, even if the crowded waiting rooms and the waiting for prescriptions is a thing of the past with, like, email and digital consulting – you know, she's worried that once people start flooding in for their flu vaccines, you know, for the normal flu, and schools get underway, that, you know, Italy's going to see a rise in this number. So I guess what the real case is, like, how are they going to keep the cases down now that the schools and public areas such as gyms and movie theaters are open? But I think what, you know, Italy went through such a shock and such a long, drawn-out, painful uh, period. You know, you remember the, the, the military trucks having to take away the corpses of the people up north and it was such a, a, a visceral shock that I think that most Italians have no problem really wearing masks in, in, in transportation or in any kind of shops. Everyone, you walk on the streets, people wear it out, outdoors all the time, even though it's not mandatory yet all over the place. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens. Of course, the economy there remains a big question, and that's where people are concerned about. Has the issue of COVID-19 become as politicized in Italy as we've seen in other parts of the world? I've found that to be one of the most interesting storylines during this pandemic is that a place like the United States, a place even like Israel, where we're broadcasting from today, politics has bled so much into the conversation about coronavirus that oftentimes it overshadows the public health initiatives, and people are so fed up with the back and forth political narratives from both sides of the aisle that they just simply ignore any sort of directive from the government. Has that happened in Italy, or 
people upset with the leadership? Uh, well, actually, it's an interesting question. The, um, there was recently just regional elections and a referendum on uh, reducing the number of parliamentarians, which is sort of the battle cry of the current uh, five-star and PD, uh, the center-left alliance. And um, they did quite well. The, the referendum won, and um, the, the uh, let's say, right-wing sort of nationalist populist groups uh, did poorly. And I think one reason is because they were always the ones who scoffed at the idea of you know the need to you know to need to lock down the economy, and we're very very critical of Prime Minister Conte when he did so. I mean, if Prime Minister Conte took a huge gamble, and I do believe that he did that because he was advised by a series of scientific um, experts, and not just one. I mean, there's not just like one Dr. Fauci. There in in Italy, we have like around ten, and they have different views. They some say that you know some are more concerned than others, um, but the government has listened to them and has sort of taken a back seat to this. But I also think one reason is that the, the universal health system, it, the health system is sort of managed on a regional level, but there is sort of a, it's a, it's a national system. And for example, it, it was very interesting in the Lombardy area where Milan is, is um, based, the political leader there is from the League Party, which is the this northern, uh, northern Italian right-wing uh, group and they're also the ones who were very he was the one who was very distressed about closing down and avoided as long as possible the nearby region of veneto which is also run by a guy from the same party but had a completely different approach he listened to one of his the scientific advisors and said this is really serious and we have to lock down immediately the towns where these cases came up we have to test everybody there we have to spend all our money on getting tests and masks and so it was the same party, but they had different reactions. And um, so obviously this guy in Veneto was re- re-elected and reconfirmed, whereas in you know, Milan there's been a lot of political strife. So uh, to answer your question, I think that the Italians have listened more to their uh, scientific experts. Uh, but there has been some bleed over in the political realm. I think that the seriousness of it all, however, has made people realize that, you know, it's we have to put politics aside right now. You know, Pope Francis, again, with this message of, you know, we have to work together. Pope Francis has been saying the exact same thing. Like, you know, there's only one way to get over the pandemic, and that's to work together. You know, he takes it on a more international level, too. He says it's, you know, you can't have, like, one country developing a vaccine. And, you know, everyone has to work together to put their common knowledge together and to figure out a way to get out of it and to prevent others. So um, I think that is definitely a playing factor here. Uh, yeah, and and I think the words of the Pope there are important for everyone around the world to listen to. This is only going to be solved if the international community as a whole pools resources and, and focuses on finding sustainable solutions and vaccines that everyone can benefit from. I always appreciate your perspective on these issues, especially out of Italy and across Europe. Courtney Walsh, Fox News Radio, international correspondent. Courtney, thank you again for your time. A pleasure, Trey. Take care. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. Hi. 
I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in free-fall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.